Matthew chapter 16. Matthew 16 and verse 24. If you're a guest tonight, thank you for being with us. We do appreciate you doing so, and we pray that God will minister to you. I mean that with all my heart. I pray that God would minister to you. The Lord knows our frame. He knows right where we are. He knows our need. And what we think we need and what God knows we need are not always the same thing. He knows what I need. So, Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. Then said Jesus to his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. I say deny himself. Let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? I want to read that again. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? You know, Jesus said that we just read here, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. In one place, he said that unless we would deny ourselves and take up a cross and follow him, we could not be his disciple. You understand there's a difference between being a follower and being a disciple. Some people are interested in being Jesus followers, but they're not interested in being Jesus disciples. Some groups have followings, but there's some people that are radical, right? They are disciples. They to be a disciple of Jesus is to practice and live according to what he taught. To be a disciple of Jesus is to be all in for his direction and his will and his word. And my life begins to take on that which he taught. I begin to apply his teaching to every part of my life. That's a disciple. This is the word that came to me. I've ne- I don't think I've ever used this before in this way, but we live in a time when there's a whole lot of Jesus fans. But they're not Jesus disciples. Jesus fans. They talk about him. They derive some benefit from him. 
but they're not disciples. They're not interested in giving their life to following the teaching of Jesus Christ. They're Jesus fans. They believe in him, but not enough to be a disciple, not enough to follow after the things he taught to walk and live in the aspects of his teaching. That's what to be. And Jesus was clear. He said, we can't be his disciple if I won't deny myself, take up my cross and follow him. You've heard me say it before, but I'll say it again. When we take up our cross, we're not meant to carry it for weeks and months and years on end. Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. He took up his cross. He didn't carry it for weeks and months and years. He took up his cross. He carried it to Golgotha. Then he laid on it and allowed himself to be crucified so that the will of God could be done. The Lord brings crosses into our life to bring crucifixion, death to self, so that he can live. So that he can live. The Apostle Paul said in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, For I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. This this thing about denial is what God has been dealing with me about. And I... We really struggle with denial, with self-denial. We want something, we get it. Right? I'm like, man, you know what? I'd sure like to have a cup of, I'd like to have a caramel macchiato from Starbucks right now. So maybe I'll just mobile order one of those and pick that up on the way by. Nothing wrong with that, you understand? We live, especially in North America, where if I want something, I'll get it. We have people that do that and go so far into debt just getting what they want. That's not being a disciple of the Lord Jesus. We don't typically practice denying ourselves. We really don't. I want new shoes, so buy them. Nothing wrong with new shoes, you understand. I want, we usually don't deny self. We usually seek to indulge self. We talk about the blessings of God. We usually think of the blessings of God in terms of what I get for me. That means God blessed me. He gave me something I wanted. Maybe. I think sometimes what we call blessing is curses because they cause us to be dependent on the blessing rather than on the Lord Jesus Christ. Why am I on this thing? I'll tell you why. I was driving and talking to the Lord the other day, and I don't know how the Lord talks to you. Sometimes the Lord talks to me about what I'm talking with him about. And sometime I'll be talking about something and the Lord's like, now seems to be a good time. I'll just drop this on him and it has nothing to do with what I was talking to him about. But he has my undivided attention then. And I guess that's why he does it that way. And 
the Lord, I, he's been dealing with me a lot about Peter, right? We've talked about Peter's humanity a few different times along the way. And I'm driving and the Lord says, Peter denied me three times. And I'm like, I knew that, Lord. Right? The Lord ever tell you something you already knew? Yeah, just like you tell the Lord stuff he already knows. Okay, so he does the same thing. Well, I, I, I'm learning that if the Lord tells me something that I know, he's wanting to reveal something else to me that I don't know. Right? He's trying to take us, he's trying to broaden understanding or deepen understanding. So he was saying, Peter denied himself three times or denied me three times. And so I, I'm thinking about that, right? Peter, you know, the Lord told him, prophesied to him, Peter, before, this, before the, croc, the cock crows twice, you're going to deny me thrice. Sure enough, first a maiden says something to him. He goes, I don't know him. And then another woman says something. He goes, I don't know him. And then a man says, oh, you're speed. No, 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 I don't know him. And then the, the cock crows. And Peter, I'm like, yes, Lord, he denied you. And this is what I felt like the Holy Ghost said to me. When Peter denied me, I died. But when Peter denied himself, he died and I lived. I've wondered, you know, you, you remember Peter's statement, Lord, I'll never deny you. Remember that? I'll never deny you. Right. And then he does. And one of the gospels says after he did, he went out and wept bitterly what happened i've got to believe peter was there when jesus was speaking in matthew 10 and 33 i think it is he had to be there when jesus was speaking that day most likely and jesus makes this statement there maybe you can pull that up matthew 10 33 i'm i think that's the right one and jesus said if any man denies me i'll give him a second to pull it i don't want to misquote that Whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. Peter heard those words. I got to think that those words were probably somewhere in his heart when Jesus said, you're going to deny me. And he's got to be thinking about this. No, never, Lord. I'm not going to do it. And then he does it. And you know how the adversary works. The adversary will use the word of God against us. So he had to be wrestling with. And so he knew the way past this is self-denial. Now, I'd never considered in that light till the Lord started dealing with me and said, when Peter denied me, I died. Here's the thing. I'm either going to deny myself and I'll die and Christ will live. Or I'll deny Christ and he'll die and I'll live. We don't get it both ways. This is why Jesus said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. When I don't deny myself, I'm denying him.
because you can't choose both. You can't choose both. Scripture first, not first. Titus chapter 1. Titus chapter 1 and verse 15. Titus 1 and 15. says, Under the pure, all things are pure. But unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. Watch. But even their mind and their conscience is defiled. Okay. Next verse. How do we know this? Here's why. Go back to verse 15 again. Watch. Them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. Even their mind, how they think, and their conscience, their co-perception. Conscience is co-perception. Their perception of self, God's perception. Conscience is co-perception is what that word literally is. Their mind and their conscience, their way of thinking and their co-perception is defiled. How do we know this? Titus gave us the next verse. They profess that they know God. I'm, I'm thinking they're Jesus fans. They profess that they know God, watch. But in works, in actions, in the way they live, in their lifestyle, they deny Him. You see that? That's the indicator that the mind and the conscience is defiled. Because they profess they know God, but the lifestyle denies it. How does the lifestyle deny it? I'll tell you how. Because the lifestyle doesn't match the teaching of Christ. Not a disciple. They deny him being abominable. What else are they? Disobedient. Disobedient to what? To his word, to his teaching, to the instruction of the Lord. Being disobedient and unto every good work, reprobate. Rather than doing what they know is good to do, they do what they want. Reprobate. So the Lord's convicting me, dealing with my heart. When Peter denied me, I died. And all these verses start turning through my spirit about them crucifying the Lord afresh. And then I'm thinking, man, Lord, do I deny you? Have I denied you? And I'm, and I'm wrestling with Titus's words. Well, I may not have said, Lord, I don't know him. Titus said, no, what happens is my actions deny. And so the answer, how do I move beyond that? I deny self in Christ's lips. There is a beckoning of the spirit. Now, we're getting ready to turn the corner right here, okay? I know some of you are like, man, I should not have come tonight. It's okay. Get ready to, that's, that's this idea of self-denial, right? I don't want to deal with that. Tell me something that makes me feel really warm and fuzzy. Watch. If I'll deny myself, he'll live. 
he'll live. You understand, the book of Acts, Peter was denying himself. He was no longer denying Christ. He understood Acts chapter 2. He's standing in the middle of Jerusalem, most likely in the temple. The very ones that had been responsible for the crucifying of Christ. And he's standing there saying, you killed the Messiah. That doesn't sound like somebody that's denying any longer. Days before, they were hiding out of fear that the very people that had killed Christ might come and kill them because of their association with Christ. That's why Peter denied him three times. I don't want to, I don't, he was fearing for his life. You with me? That's why he denied him standing afar off watching the, the proceedings take place with Christ being accused. And he denied him in that atmosphere because he was fearing for his life. If they know I'm connected, I may lose my life. By the time you get to Acts chapter 2, he's no longer concerned with preserving his life. He's concerned with the Messiah being declared. He's concerned with the name of Jesus Christ. And so he's willing to deny himself. This is no longer about me. This is no longer about me preserving my life. This is about Christ being made manifest to a world that needs to know Him. He's coming to the fruition of this statement by the Lord Jesus. If any man will lose his life for my sake, he'll find it. I think it's safe to say Peter found his life. He found it by losing it. You see, the deception is if I deny myself... Right? It's, it's the world thought process. Well, you got you to look out for number one. Right? I mean, you got to look out for yourself. Nobody else will. I'm going to get mine. I've heard all these statements before. I've probably made some of them myself. Denying of self if I'm going to be his disciple. Now, the adversary paints the picture that that's a woe is me. What a terrible way to live. That's so miserable if I'm. That's the deception of the adversary. Because when I deny myself, he lives. That's what Paul realized and declared that we already referenced in Galatians 2. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. I live, but the life I live now, it's not even me that's living anymore. I now have achieved what I really wanted when I was crucified with Christ, when I denied myself, when I lost my life. Now Christ is living in me, and people know Him because He's living through my life. Christ is manifest through my life to a world that needs to know Him. I gave up my life. Now I know life because He lives through me. I don't even live by my own faith anymore. I'm now living by the faith of the Son of God. That's what He said. Is that what it says? The life which I now live in the flesh, I don't even live by my own faith. I live by the faith of the Son of God. You want to talk about living and walking and operating a life in faith? You start living by God's faith. The Apostle Paul did that by being crucified with Christ. He came to know the reality of, I denied myself 
and Christ began to live. I'm choosing. I'm going to feed my flesh. I'm going to feed my natural desires. I'm going to feed what I, I'm not going to deny myself anything. Why is it that Paul spoke to Agrippa and Bernice's wife? Felix was sitting, or Festus was sitting there, I think it was. He speaks to him, declaring the gospel to King Agrippa, talking about his conversion, sharing his testimony with King Agrippa. And King Agrippa is moved by the testimony, the declaration. Paul is there in bonds. And King Agrippa makes this statement to the Apostle Paul. He says, Paul, almost, almost you persuade me to be a Christian. What? I thought being a Christian was easy. Apparently, King Agrippa understood from what he'd seen from the Christians around him. He saw a group of people that loved not their life to the death. That were willing to lay down their life for the cause of Christ. And King Agrippa says, almost you persuade me. Paul's response was, I wish not only almost, but altogether. You were like me, except for these bonds I'm wearing right now. I believe King Agrippa recognized to truly be a Christian, a disciple of Christ, like you're talking about, Paul. I may have to give up my title and my position and my place. It may cost me some things I've built for myself. And I just don't know that I'm ready to give up the things that are valuable to me in order to identify with Christ. Almost, Paul. You almost persuaded me. Why don't you stand with me tonight? In Jesus' name. There is a leading of the Spirit of God to go to deeper places than we've ever gone in the Spirit of God with Him using His body for His work in the earth. To do so, there's going to be a call to a greater denial of self than there ever has. I, I want to read, it's interesting. That word deny, it is to, da, 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 to forget one's self, to lose sight of one's self, to lose sight of one's own interests. You've heard talk the last few weeks about allowing God to disrupt our schedule and have control of our schedule. Well, that's not convenient for me, Lord. I had this plan tonight. I understand. 
but I'm not living for my schedule anymore. Well, yeah, but Lord, if I do that, you know, that's going to cost me something. How am I going to, you know, I, money doesn't grow on trees, Lord, and that's an invent, right? It's a denying of self-interests, a denying of self-desires. But please hear and please know. The Lord is not inviting us to something that is all loss. That's the deception of the adversary. The adversary paints the picture. Why would anybody live for God? It's all loss. No, the loss is only the beginning. When I step into a place by the mercy of God and the grace of God that says, I'm willing to lose my life. He says, then you'll find it. Then you'll find what true life. You understand, Jesus said this, I have come for this reason. I came that you might have life and that you would have it more abundantly. So was he confused? Did he say, I want you to have life and have it more abundantly, but I need you to lose your life? Was Jesus talking out of both sides of his mouth? Of course not. But he was saying, for you to have life, and more abundant life, you got to be willing to lose yours. You can't have your life and the abundant life that I've got promised for you. You don't get both. But if you're willing to give up your interests, if you're willing to give up your ambitions, if you're willing to lay down your goals, if you're willing to set all of that aside and follow me, I feel the beckoning of the Spirit on somebody's heart. He's asking for everything, yes, but there's a promise from the Word of God that I will give you abundant life if you're willing to lose yours. It may, see, the adversary's got you focused on what you'll lose. But the scripture is clear. It says of the Lord Jesus, He endured the cross, despising the shame. He saw the joy that was beyond the suffering. There is life beyond the loss. It is abundant life. It is life everlasting. Not just once we cross over, but even living here now, it is abundant life. Paul said, I suppose the sufferings of this present world are not worthy to be compared with the glory which will be revealed in us. Come on, would you talk to the Lord? I, I, I can, come on. I know what our human nature does. It's counting the cost. It's, it's this counting of costs. Like, man, if I commit myself to what God's asking of me, it could cost me this relationship. If I commit to what God is asking me, it could cost me some friends. If I commit to what God is asking me, it may even cost me some relationships in my family. I understand that. But there is a beckoning of the Spirit of God to deny myself, take up a cross and follow Him. And if you and I will lose our life for His sake, He's promised us we'll find it. Jesus in your name. Jesus in your name. 
Oh, Lord, let me deny myself that you would live. Let me deny my interest. Let me deny my goals. Let me deny my ambitions, Father, that you would live, that you would be made manifest to the world, that you would be made known to every life that you would bring me in contact with. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. For some of you tonight, as the Spirit of God has been reaching, He's illuminating things where you alone have been wrestling, wrestling, maybe holding on to a portion of life that God's saying, come on, release it. Be willing to die to that thing. Deny yourself in that area. Let me work there. Release it and let me operate in that place in your life. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Our human nature tries to preserve life. But the Lord Jesus said, come on, lose your life. Then you'll find it. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, he's wanting to use each and every one of us. He's wanting to operate and minister and manifest Himself through every life that will yield. It's a denying of self so He can live. It's a denying of self so He can live. That's a wonderful thing. When Christ lives through us, Lord, I want You to live through me. I want You to live through me. I want to live and operate by Your faith. I want to live and operate by Your faith flowing through my life. I want to be able to declare assuredly with the Apostle Paul, I'm crucified with you, but I live, not I, but you, Lord Jesus, live in me and through me, that your will and your work is made manifest through my life, that you are glorified, that you are magnified, that I stop trying to pursue my interests and my goals, that is a denying of you but that there be a confessing, a professing of you, and a losing of myself. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus.